Listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion. The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown announces today from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex that Ben Roethlisberger has an affliction. Let's take a listen. Maybe what does it mean when quarterback is as tough as Ben, where nothing's going to keep him out unless there's he's an exceptionalism. Okay. He's not average. He's not a regular person. He's not ordinary. He's extraordinary. So when you are, you know, when you expertism, you know, you have to accept the fact that he's different. Everyone is focusing on the expertizalism from Antonio Brown. Uh, I'm far more concerned with Ben Roethlisberger not practicing the last two days because he's an interception lizard. See, people don't don't think we're journalists here, but we break news. We do. We have broken the fact to the nation, to the country, to the world that Ben is, in fact, he's an interception lizard. Extraordinary. And the thing is, the affliction started in his elbow and it has now spread. Now, the rumor is he got hurt the last, the second to last, the penultimate play of the Steelers-Browns game on Sunday. I don't buy it. He looked like an interception lizard far before the second to last play of the game. He's an interception lizard. It is the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina with me live from the Carson City Saloon. You can check him out on Twitter, at FBomber73. Shirtless Tom back in the studio. Check him out at ButtonPusher970. Joe Rokicki also on site with us here. He's on Twitter, but you don't care. Ben Roethlisberger is going to play, despite the affliction, despite being the interception lizard. He's an interception lizard. He practiced today. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster says that Ben Roethlisberger didn't quite have his fastball. He said he was taking a little off and that it was a slow return. When I heard that, my red flags went up a little bit. When I heard that, I thought, "Eh, is Ben really going to play in the game on Sunday? I bet you he gives it a go. But if Roethlisberger doesn't have his usual zip, if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have the ability to fit the ball in tight windows, then why the hell would you trot him out there? It's game two of the season. It's important, don't get me wrong. But Ben Roethlisberger is not going to help you if he's not 100%. Ben Roethlisberger threw three picks in game number one. Now he's an interception lizard. Uh, I don't know if I want him going out there on Sunday less than 100%. You know who comes in if Ben Roethlisberger's hurt, right? Extraordinary. He is, because he's brilliant, because he's a rocket scientist. That doesn't mean that I want Josh Dobbs being my quarterback. Expertism. Josh Dobbs played well in the preseason. Josh Dobbs played well in game four of the preseason against grocers, against insurance salesmen, against janitors, and I know that those are always the three occupations that we say NFL football players who don't make it in the NFL wind up doing, but you can check it. It's right. That's what those guys are doing now, and Josh Dobbs was able to stick around not just with any club, but with the Pittsburgh Steelers based on his performance in that game. 
But it doesn't give me faith that he can win at the National Football League level. I know that Landry Jones isn't a star. But would you feel a lot better if Landry was the backup now that Ben Roethlisberger might not be able to finish the game that he starts on Sunday? It makes me feel a lot better if Jones is there. He's not a star. He's not even star adjacent. And if you're like Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson and you go to bed at night and thinking about the Steelers' 53-man roster, you probably didn't lose a wink of sleep when Jones was cut. I did. You need good backups to make the playoffs in this league. Quarterbacks get hurt. Why do the refs throw as many flags as they do regarding roughing the passer? Because quarterbacks get hurt all the stankin' time. Ben's going into this game with an affliction. He is a interception lizard. And he's also got a bad elbow. He's got a bad elbow. So we might see the Steelers turn to Josh Dobbs sooner than we ever thought. In 2005, 2008, 2010, the Steelers needed a backup quarterback to win games where things would have been far different. They wouldn't have won the Super Bowl in 05 or 08. They wouldn't have gone in 2010. Josh Dobbs' quarterback rating in the NFL, does anyone want to take a guess at what it is? Anybody, any takers, any guesses? It's a Blutarski-like 0.0. He's yet to throw a pass in the NFL. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He threw a hideous pick six in the preseason, and he tore up fourth and fifth stringers. That doesn't translate. I don't think he's good. Extraordinary. Although he's brilliant. His athleticism won't translate as much against first-string NFL players. I don't think he's fast. I think he's athletic. And everyone on an NFL field who's a starter or a second-string player, anybody who makes a 53-man roster with the exception of Tyler Matikavich, is athletic. I don't think Josh Dobbs is athletic enough to tear Kansas City up on the ground if need be. I don't think he can do that against guys who aren't fourth and fifth grocery baggers today. His athleticism is not going to translate. Now, he's got a better arm than I thought when they drafted him. But he's an unknown. The NFL is usually allergic to unknowns. That's why the guy who stands next to Bill Belichick is always the guy that gets hired. Uh, You don't want to hire the Sean McVay, even though that works out, right? Uh, They're few and far between. No, instead we hire Charlie Weiss. Instead we hire Romeo Cornell. Instead we hire Eric Mangini. The NFL is allergic to unknowns, but the Steelers aren't allergic to it when it comes to the backup quarterback position. I think he comes into play this weekend, and that's an odd prediction to make, but if Ben's not putting his full effort into throwing the football on the Friday before the game... I think we might see Dobbs in said football game. I think there's a reasonable expectation that you could lose your first start in the league, right? I mean, even Landry Jones did, and I'm a big Landry guy. He got better from there. Jones has a career quarterback rating of 86. That's what Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton had last year. Now, both of those players aren't great, but both those players have won some games. Landry ain't perfect, but he knows the system. He has chemistry with the guys, and... He's been in this kind of environment before. If he has to step in midway through the game, I trust his ability to get it done like he did against the Cardinals a couple of years ago. If Josh Dobbs has to step in midway through the game, run, row, raggy? Landry's 3-2 in his career as a starter. Eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, mediocre city. He's not a starter. He is what he is, but he's better than you think. Kevin Colbert, Steelers general manager, said last year that Landry's better than 80% of the backups in the league. Now, that's the same general manager who cut him, but I think it's worth mentioning that at one point they thought Landry was that good. I still think he's that good. We might see Dobbs this weekend. 
If we do, we see a Steelers loss. If Ben Roethlisberger is 90%, I think he still might see a Steelers loss. Here's why. Some more breaking news here on the Crowley Show. Artie Burns listed on the practice report for the first time this week with a toe injury. Joe Hayden already not playing in this game. There's a very good chance that both starting corners aren't going to play against Kansas City this weekend. That changes everything. I came into the show saying, if Ben plays, the Steelers win. If Ben doesn't play, the Steelers lose. Without your two starting corners, going against Sammy Watkins and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, it changes the entire game plan, and I think the Steelers are going to give up a boat ton of points. Expertism. That's what I am. I'm an expert. I practice expertism. Interceptionism. Ben Roethlisberger last week, interception lizard. Josh Dobbs this week would do the same because I think the Steelers would be trailing. I don't think you can expect Josh Dobbs to come and shoot out these Kansas City Chiefs. If Dobbs is the starter, I don't think the Steelers win. But with Ben Roethlisberger now, I still think there's a good shot that they lose. Uh, you don't have your two starting corners. You don't have your starting right guard in David DeCastro. He's not going to play in this game. I think Vance McDonald's going to play, but you're a banged-up football team. Ben Roethlisberger's got scales on his elbow because he's an interception lizard. Uh, I don't have faith that the Steelers are going to leave this thing with a better record than 0-1-1. Hey, maybe they can hope for a tie. Fingers crossed. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me. At underscore Adam Crowley. I kind of like the tie the more I thought about it because it keeps tiebreakers out of this. Uh, at the end of the year, I don't have to sit on my computer and play with the ESPN predictor for what's going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, I can just say, oh, Steelers aren't going to be tied with this team. They're not going to be tied with this team because the tiebreaker's out the window because the math's all effed up. So I kind of like the tie. We'll see if they tie again this weekend. That would be. Kind of cool. Extraordinary. Whichever quarterback it is on Sunday, it's looking like it's Ben. But again, it very well might be Josh Dobbs because Ben didn't have zip on his ball on Friday. You're going to have to be in a shootout. I think the Chiefs' offense makes whatever quarterback's job it is for the Steelers that much more difficult because they're good. And they're already putting points on the board. The Steelers' offense is good and aspires to put points on the board. They've yet to do it. Uh, Mahomes threw four touchdowns in game number one. He also scrambled for 21 yards. FYI, the Steelers, not good at containing scrambling quarterbacks. Blake Bortles ran up their butts against them in the playoffs at Heinz Field. Last week, Terod Taylor in Cleveland. It's raining. Doesn't matter. He scoots 77 yards on the ground for that young man. Steelers are in trouble on the defensive end, and without these two starting corners, that only compounds the issue. There's more weapons on the Kansas City offense, though, too. Kareem Hunt was one of the best backs in football last year. Travis Kelsey is an STUD stud. Tyreek Hill caught seven balls for 170 flipping yards. That's not a stat line you see with Alex Smith. If Tyreek Hill caught seven balls from Alex Smith, he'd have seven yards. Now they got Sammy Watkins in his town. And Andy Reid, you can question his clock management. You can question whether or not he can win games in the playoffs. What you can't question is whether or not he's a great offensive mind. Spoiler alert, he is. This group can score. The Steelers are without Joe Hayden. They might be without Artie Burns. 
if it's Ben who's playing, it makes it that much more important that he doesn't turn the ball over like an idiot. It makes it that much more important that Ben Roethlisberger is not a cold-blooded turnover machine. An interception lizard. He's an interception lizard. If it's Dobbs, he needs to make plays, not just manage the game. And that's what worries me. If Dobbs had to come in against the Buffalo Bills, I think he'd get the job done. Just don't turn the football over. The Steelers will rack up some points, some yards, they'll win. Against Kansas City, if it's Dobbs or a hobbled Ben, you're going to have to make plays. Uh, you can't just say, oh, we're not turning it over and expect to beat those guys. They put up 38 on the road last week against the Chargers, and the Chargers had one of the best pass defenses in the league last year. Again, if it's Dobbs, the Steelers' defense is going to need to hold the fort like it's 2010 when Ben was suspended for the first four games of the year. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. This morning while prepping for the show, I had CNN on, and I was watching the hurricane porn. Does that make me a bad guy? No. You sure? No, that's what it's there for. It's hard not to watch it. I mean, and you're half expecting, like, I mean, you got to watch, like, all of these news people, these poor people are, like, lowest of the totem pole. Clearly, they get sent right out into the middle of this thing. And honestly, you're waiting for a lawn chair to hit them in the side yes. of the head or something yes. like that. You know, I mean, nothing big like a tanker truck or anything, but, you know, something light enough to make it funny. I don't want to see them get hurt, but no. I want to see them holding on to something and being horizontal as the wind blows yeah. them in the air. Uh, I want yeah. a human flag is what I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the best is when they're, they're like, out there and they're competing to be in the most dangerous situation. You know, like, I'll get closer to the beach. Hey, no, I'll get closer. Like, Let they, me wait out yeah, there. Yeah, you got a guy hanging out in a buoy in the middle of the Atlantic going, I'm live in the eye of the hurricane, 75 miles off the coast. Look at me. I'm getting it first. People's houses are getting destroyed. Places that people made childhood memories are being wiped away <laughs> into the ocean. There's a BP canopy floating in somebody's front yard, and I can't stop watching. It's tragedy porn. Does that make me a bad person? 412-922-2874. And if you'd feel so inclined, text Florence to 90999 to donate $10 to the Red Cross Disaster Relief. There we go. I covered my bases You there. sure did. By the way, that's on the back end. This has been a rough week because it's been a, a lot of disaster porn. 9-11 was earlier in the week, yeah. and I got stuck watching that all day. So it kind of depressed me watching all of that. Now I'm watching all the storm footage, and it's like, it's a bad week. We need a good week next week. We need Randy Slack to be alive. He works in Wilmington, North Carolina now. He joins the show next. His beloved Bengals won last night. Does he think they're legit? Do you think they're legit? And can he give us play-by-play -play of what's going on in North Carolina? Wait a minute. He didn't evacuate? He didn't. Maybe his bowels. It's a Crowley show. Extraordinary expertism. He's Pittsburgh-born, and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN, and now on 106.3 FM. I now wonder if Ben Roethlisberger developed his affliction. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ben Roethlisberger is now an interception lizard, according to interception lizard. Antonio Brown. I think that it's possible that from being in the AFC North, he was affected and afflicted <laughs> by playing at the Browns week one and also by Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco over the last four years. I think, I think Ben Roethlisberger has developed this disease. Uh, he has 16 weeks to live. Let's see if he gets any longer than that. 
It's going to spread all the way down to his, all over his body. It's just going to keep spreading. This is not good. This is a terrible development. We will continue to follow the story here on the Crowley Show. Which, if I could real quick, let's just point out to those afflicted with this horrible disease of, uh, of interception lizard, this is something that is not noticed by a lot of people in the world. And I think that more people should pay attention and really understand that we have to work hard to find a cure to this. Yes or no, Tony Romo afflicted with interception lizard. I think he's like the Lou Gehrig of this disease. He's basically got interception lizard. He was the first case. It's named after him. Yes, no, 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 offense. no offense to Lou Gehrig, of course. He's dead. Yes or no, Drew Stafford, interception lizard. Oh, huge. Huge. Bad case, but I don't think he's admitted it. I think he's trying to keep it he's under in wraps. Denial. Yeah, like he's not he's not making that public. Like that's he's trying to get like some CD cure from South America, like just flying down there in the dark at night looking to get intravenously fed with mangoes or something. I think Brett Favre is the person who lived the longest with interception lizard. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like the Magic Johnson of interception lizard. No, this is not full-blown interception lizard. We got Randy Slack joining us now from Wilmington, North Carolina, where he is in the midst of a hurricane. Florence bearing down on him. Want to get his thoughts on the Bengals, but more importantly, want to check in on the hurricane. Slack, how you feeling? How's the house? Your yard still there? You got a pool now. Well, I mean, you know, it really blows the wind because, you know, the, the, the wind is, is heavy and hard and blowing around everywhere there's debris all over the place mainly it's like leaves and that's a, that's a really an underrated thing you think but like they show a picture of the interstate coming into wilmington the entire thing's covered in leaves so like i don't really know how you drive into town when it's just green like where's the road it's it's a little uh it's a little weird out there is that how they came up with the town greensboro terrible joke randy slack joining us live from wilmington <laughs> hey uh north carolina oh, sorry. On, the, on the crowley show no you're good no, um, going back to your uh, your interception intercept lizard. Um, uh, now this is probably a related disease to fumble lizard, which I know Kurt Warner had when he played for the Giants. Ah, uh, yes. He seemed to be healed from that when he went to Arizona. So perhaps you know, like fumble lizard, this can be you know cured. Uh, actually, it's the University of Phoenix was able to come up with a cure uh, for fumbleitis, uh, for fumble lizard. Uh, and actually, Joe Flacco got a little case of that last night against your Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I want to talk yeah. Bengals with you. But first, I, I, I want to stay with this hurricane thing just for, for a couple of minutes, though. It's like, I am, I am legitimately worried about you. Are you guys at your house? Are you in a bunker somewhere? Like, where we, are you? We have, we have a second-floor apartment. And let me kind of paint oh, a no. picture for you. Oh, uh, uh, Wilmington is a, is a peninsula, and we're about two and a half miles uh, inland from the Cape Fear River, which is a pretty big river, and we're about six miles away from the Atlantic Ocean. We're we're more inland than a lot, of, like a lot of the stuff you're seeing on TV. It's a lot of stuff that's on the coast, like the beach towns, like Wrightsville Beach and Carolina Beach, Cary Beach, things like that. We haven't seen any flooding, and honestly, it's really hard to tell if it's raining. Like everything's wet, but like the wind's blowing constantly. That I just I can't really tell if it's raining, if it's sprinkling, if it's just kind of just the wind's blowing all the time. Slack, so you're sticking this thing out. What kind of preparations do the slacks make? Like, what kind of things do you gather from the grocery store? What's important to you guys? Well, I mean, here's the thing: is you know you're planning for this to be without electricity the entire time. 
So you're buying a lot of, you know, if you're buying canned foods, you're buying like canned fruit, things like that, things you can eat you don't have to heat up. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of bread, a lot of peanut butter. You know, Elvis Presley would be, uh, you know, super excited to be here. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of peanut butter and banana sandwiches you could be made that could be made here in the Slack House. What's weird is, and knock on wood, we haven't lost our power yet here. So, you know, which is great, but it's it's, it's kind of silly because you know we we planned literally everything. Like our fridge is virtually empty. But it's like, you know, we totally could have made, you know, actual food today because now, our stove still works and things like that. Yeah, you can't you can't rub that in the face of the other people in North Carolina, though. That's uh, why I'm I, talking to you about it and not, like, tweeting, oh, look at me, I got electricity. Yeah, you know? I, I, would, I would say, Slack, that you have to eat peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Like, you can't make any hot food because that just makes you a D-bag. Uh, you and I right. were texting earlier today, and... Uh, Anderson Cooper was in your town. Uh, there are a couple of other celebrities walking around. You said you saw, <laughs> you say you saw someone enjoying the hurricane a little too much yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me let me paint the picture for you. It was Thursday morning it was the morning of my last show. Um, driving through downtown Ever. Wilmington. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Um, driving through downtown Wilmington to see like you know w- what the preparations were made downtown. Um, I see the big black SUV that the. Uh, that the Weather Channel has. I see Jim Cantore and, like, the people in the tent. I drive up the street a little bit. The Waffle House downtown is open because Waffle House never closes. And next to the Waffle House, there's a gentleman who looks like he um, um, he's a big fan of perhaps John Lennon or Paul McCartney. He was very uh, seemed very excited that the storm was happening. No. Oh, so he was um, pitching his own tent. No. He, he, was, he was doing a little guitar solo action. Uh, no, right, just out in the right, public, right, uh, just standing right, in the street. He was standing on the sidewalk with, his, with uh, you know, his hand was concealed, but it looked as if he was really, he was very itchy, or he was, you know. I didn't even know that was a category on you porn, if you will. Is that a category on you porn, like storm porn? I mean, there's a category for everything. The whispering eye found- of the storm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty weird, you know. I, I immediately turned my car around, and as I'm turning my car around in downtown, I, this guy's just looking at me, and I can't stop looking at him, and it got you, really weird. You made eye contact with you saw into his soul. I didn't know what was going on. Like prolonged. You look, you look a man in the face before you look anywhere else to the gentleman. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. You have respect for a guy, and then I look at the guy that I'm like, "Hey, man, where's your ah oh, ah oh, ah." Oh. You know, it was a what's-in-the-box kind of moment. You know what I mean? Like, I, you couldn't really look away. Any truth to the rumor that they're flying Dak Prescott in so that you guys can all be evacuated on his Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've not heard that, no. Negative? Okay, very good. Randy also, Slack joining us. Also, real quick, here's some salacious stuff for you. I was talking to the lady at the Waffle House. She told me that a gentleman <laughs> from CNN was at the Waffle House, and he was hammered. And he told her that he was looking for hurricanes, and she said, well, you're doing a great job. This was at, like, 4 in the morning. Are we talking about, like, the hurricane pounder malt liquor beverage? Because it sounds like he was doing a good job of finding those as well. I think he was asking for something else at 4 in the morning at the (laughs) Waffle House. (laughs) Who among us hasn't gone to the Waffle House in Wilmington, North Carolina, trifling, trying to look for some ass? (laughs) Randy Slack joining us here on the Crowley Show. (laughs) Slack, uh, I'm happy that you had power last night. We're able to see the Bengals get off to their best start in the history of the franchise, uh, getting to 2-0. Uh, are they legit? Do you believe in them? Are they for real? 
Well, they, they went eight zero just a few years ago. So no, that didn't count. <laughs> that didn't count. No, it's it's weird because I mean they played Indianapolis week one, which I didn't really you know it was a good win uh, to come back, but Thursday night games are weird. Also, I was interested to see how uh, C- Cincinnati usually plays Baltimore really well, but they play terrible at night. So it was it was fun to see how that was going to play out. You know, two of those the irresistible force and the immovable object, and apparently the uh, the Bengals were able to pull that game out. So they looked okay. I mean. A.J. Green fumbled the ball again. I mean, they called it an incomplete pass. A.J. Green cut three touchdowns. How are you going to be mad at him today? <laughs> He's fumbled three times this year. That, he that guy he cut three touchdowns. He got four was. balls yesterday. He cut three touchdowns. You can't bitch about the fumbling. I, 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 you really can. I'm going to. And then at the end of the half, what do they do? They throw the ball three times, get Baltimore back into the game. You know, kill. you have a, you have a minute and a half left in the half. You're getting the ball to start the second half. I get it. Oh, if you can score again, whatever. But, you know, to throw three incompletions, that, you know, that was a great idea. Gave Baltimore the ball back. They scored before the half. You sound good. more chagrined about the Bengals' win than you were about the Hurricane, man. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they I won mean. the game. Okay, so, all right. So, back to the Hurricane for a second. Are, are you with Allison? <laughs> is she locked? That's your wife. Is she locked up with you? Uh, do you have her by your side, or is she out paddle boating somewhere? Like, where is she during all of it? <laughs> Real talk. There was a potted uh, palm tree down in the parking lot earlier today, and she was like, do you think I could get that? And I was like, I don't know. It's somebody. <laughs> You're she looting? She looted? You're looting? And she... She ran out in the parking lot to grab it. It turned out to be a fake plastic tree, so she did not take the palm tree. And I don't you're, know where it is now. You're selectively looting. <laughs> yes. We we standards. We're not we're not barbarians. <laughs> yes or no? Your your itinerary for the rest of the day is sit around, make hot food while nobody else in the state can make it. Then go out, go to Waffle House to then store up on other hot food because nobody else in the state can have it. And then after that, go looting and grab yourself a TV, perhaps a dog from some shelter somewhere. Yeah, what's I the take, Walmart I, looking I take, like? I take offense to that. They boarded up the Walmart the other day, actually. Um, <laughs> no, we're we're going to stay here at the house. I want to try to invent, um, and maybe this is already a thing, I don't know. I want to try to invent a redneck margarita. I've got a two liter of Mountain Dew and a bottle of Oh, you mean of Jack Daniels? Rainbow. Cuervo and Mountain Dew? Jesus. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Cuervo and Mountain Dew, a little triple sec, maybe a little lime juice, see what I can uh, see what kind of concoction I can make out of that. You need an umbrella in that, right? <laughs> Just for the storm. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so here's what I wanna do. And yes. I, I don't I don't I know that this ruins your itinerary of looting, going to the Waffle House, <laughs> but I want you to drink that. Hick margarita, that redneck margarita. I want you to have four or five of them, and then I want to check back in with you at like six twenty, just to make sure you're alive. No, sure. If you want, to, if you want to call him later, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, old Tomsky's got my number. Slack. If I could make I'm a, re- if I could make a request, I'd like to see you in one hand holding the redneck margarita, and then running out with like a TV in the other yes. hand, but being sure not to drop your drink on the way out. <laughs> I don't know who has good TVs here. My. Uh, in my apartment complex. I don't really feel like I should leave. I mean, look, the tree was in front of the building. You know, this is maritime law. You know what I mean? Out willy-nilly. Nobody's claiming it. Salvagers' rights out there. Right? I guess possession is three-fourths of the law or however like, the hell that saying goes. Again, 
I wouldn't break into somebody's house, but if a PlayStation 4 was sitting on the sidewalk right right across the road from me, I'd come out there and grab it. Slag's going to be so bummed on Redneck Margaritas later. He's just going to be seeing PlayStations out of the corner of his eye. What's that? That PlayStation? Your window was broke. That's technically outside. Give me your PlayStation. All right, buddy. Be I safe out there. Spider Man game, guys. No. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's some good stuff, right, Slack? I don't know. I don't have a PlayStation 4. I need to get one. Well, yeah, there's a little motivation for you. Be safe out there. Save some waffles for Alice, and we'll talk to you at 620. All right. See you guys. Uh, that's Randy Slack, <laughs> formerly of the DV Morning Show, currently of going to drown to death after he's had he's three redneck margaritas. Life's hard after the DV Morning Show. He's resorted to looting during storms. Joe's sitting here right now. He's getting paid salary to be part of the DV Morning Show. Joe's not looting. Slack only eats Waffle House. <laughs> Joe, Joe this is butter. your future, Joe. Just, just take notes. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, Waffle House, and stealing stuff. It's your future, Joe. Coming up next, how I was right and wrong about the Bengals, but why I think one of the two teams last night is a legitimate threat to win the AFC North. <laughs> it's a Crowley show. He may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. If you're just joining our program, you've missed a lot already. Friend in real life and friend of the show, Randy Slack, is in Wilmington, North Carolina. He is surviving so far in Hurricane Florence. He'll be joining us, hopefully, uh, in the 6 o'clock hour, too, just to make sure he's okay. He's drinking a couple of margs between now and then. He's also probably looting the entire downtown Wilmington area, along with Anderson Cooper. They are co-conspirators. So we're going to check back with him a little bit later on in the program. Fat Jack of FatJackSports.com going to join us in 16 minutes to handicap some of the games from this weekend. You also missed the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is suffering from a rare affliction. That's according to Antonio Brown, so this isn't something that's just made up. Uh, this is a big deal. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, week number one, we all thought eh, he just sucked. Uh, maybe it's the rain, maybe it's the wind, maybe it's the dog pound bearing down on him. Game one, he's a little bit rusty. No, that's not it. He's an interception lizard uh, afflicted with a rare but serious disease, uh, which makes him throw the ball to the other team. He's an interception lizard. He's also going to play this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs, but Josh Dobbs on speed dial just in case he needs to be thrown into the fray. Last night's game, Bengals and Ravens. I was excited-ish to watch. I'm never excited about Thursday Night Football. Last night's about as excited as I get. I wanted to see how the AFC North is going to shake out if a true contender beyond the Steelers could emerge. It's not going to be the Browns. I know they tied Pittsburgh. They don't count. Uh, they've won one game in their last 33 tries. They're not going to win the division this year. But any of the other three teams I do think are capable, or at least I thought were capable before last night, I'm a moron, man. I picked the Ravens to win this game, but I couched it. I was a total radio <laughs> douchebag yesterday. I did the classic radio thing where I said, I think the Bengals are a better team. I think they're a good football team, but I think the Ravens are better today, and they're going to win this game. 
And, of course, we saw that didn't happen. Brian was right to say, man, I'm not going to believe in the Ravens just because I saw Joe Flacco light up the worst team in football, the Bills. And you were right to think that. Joe Flacco was atrocious last night. In fact, I think he is afflicted with the interception lizard disease. <laughs> He's got a bad case of it. See, the cool thing about you is now you can come back today and you can say, you know what? I said the Bengals were the better team. I just thought the Ravens would win. You've covered your ass sufficiently in the world of sports radio. I'll tell you what, I've learned a lot in my couple of years in this time slot how to couch my picks. You know, I, I think that the Patriots play the Jags this weekend, and if the Patriots don't win, it'll be close. And I think that they're still going to be a good team even if they find a way to lose that one. That's a good point. I yeah. think they're both good teams, and I think either one could win. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. And really, the loser still has a good chance to get the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, but it's clear that the loser who comes out of that day will have some work to do in the next week. Real talk. <laughs> the Bengals are good. And I know, I know. They beat Indianapolis, and they beat the Ravens, and Joe Flacco throws the ball to the other team. He was sacked four times, threw two interceptions. He threw 23 incompletions. And the Ravens' offense is pretty good narrative. May have been a tad premature. He had a fumble. He was inaccurate as balls. They're not winning the division. So last night taught me this, I think. I think the Ravens can be a fringe playoff team. I think they could be in the wild card hunt because their defense is so good. And anytime they cross the 50-yard line, they can get points. Uh, we saw Tucker hit a 55-yard bomb that would have been good from 70 yesterday. So they can put up enough points with that defense to be competitive in almost every game that they play. I think that the Flacco experience, though, is going to hold them back from winning the division. The Bengals, on the other hand, I said the Steelers are a 10 or 11 win team coming into the season. Well, they tied a game that I thought they were going to win, so that changes my prediction. I now think they're a 10-5-1 type football team. I think the Bengals could win 11 games. I really do. I think the Bengals, with their defense, how short tackling they are, the pressure that they can get on the quarterback, I think... I'll take the rap, Joe. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, do a, uh, I'll, I'll do the rap. Uh, uh, I'll do the rap. I think that the Bengals can be that team this year that you think, ah, eh, Bengals, whatever. They don't, I think they can actually win the division. I'm not saying they're going to. I think they can be in the conversation. And here's the deal. The Steelers aren't that good. Expertism. They're not that good. They're not. They're good. They're not that good. They tied the Browns. So to say that the Bengals can challenge for the division isn't just touting the Bengals. It's also a little bit of an indictment on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who should be far and away running away with this thing. Now, I know it's only been three games played between the two teams, but I've seen enough from Cincinnati, and I, it's kind of confirmation bias already because I thought they were going to be pretty good coming in to think that they can be a team that challenges in the AFC North. Who among us expected them to go into Indianapolis, and then when Indianapolis is driving at the end of the game to take the lead, to find a way to hold on to that lead. That's tremendously anti-Bengal. Extraordinary. It is. It's something that we've never seen from the Bengals before. They go on the road. They have a lead. You think they're going to blow it. You think they're going to bungle it all up, and they find a way to win the football game. This is an okay football team, one that I think can win the division. Now, back to the Ravens. Joe Flacco stinks. Lamar Jackson was one of the quarterbacks that I loved in this draft. And depending on who you talk to, he was QB number one. You talked to Matt Williamson, our buddy from Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network, that MFR, he thought Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback in the draft. Here's the problem. 
he's not going to play until it's all said and done, I don't think. Because the Ravens' early season schedule is pretty soft. They play the Steelers in a couple of weeks, and it's on the road at night at Heinz Field. The Steelers usually do very well at night at Heinz Field. Uh, I think they lose that game. But apart from that, the Ravens' early season schedule's easy enough where you could look up and see that they're 5-3, and 6-3. and three. I don't think they're a 7-2 and two type football team, but if they're 5-3, and 6-3, and three, they're not going to go to the young quarterback. They're not going to go to the rookie. Lamar Jackson may yet be the better player even this year, but they're not going to go to him because how do you turn to your football team and say, hey, we're in a playoff position right now. We're halfway to 10-6. and six. We're 5-3. and three. We're going to go to the rook. You're going to have Terrell Suggs bust through the door and kick Harbaugh in the face and say, bro, the guy that we're rolling with, the guy that's got us to this 5-3 and three record, he won a Super Bowl. So I think there's a conundrum forthcoming for the Ravens. I think the better move might be in the long run to play Lamar Jackson, but I don't think they're going to do it because I think they might be in a fortuitous enough position a couple weeks down the line where they think, eh, we can win with this guy. And they can't. I don't think they can win the division with that guy. Can they make the playoffs? Sure. Do they want to win the division? Yeah. Well, then go with Lamar. Joe Flacco's not elite. I said it all preseason. You get all these reports coming from Baltimore. Joe Flacco looks the best he's looked in his career. Joe Flacco's in the best shape of his life. Look at his hair. Look how it's parted. Look at his eyebrows. He shaved the unibrow. He's looking good. He's feeling good. He's talking good. His arm's back. He's trying to get pass interference calls now, throwing the ball down the field. He's not checking it down as much anymore. And I thought, how's that possible? How does a quarterback go from stinking for five years in a row Literally, five years in a row, Joe Flacco's been below average by NFL standards. The last two years been significantly below average by NFL standards to all of a sudden just being the best he's ever been. No, I don't buy that. That doesn't work. Is he using steroids? No. So he's not going to become that much better. That's a shame on me for picking the Ravens last night. <laughs> God, I'm the worst. Dale Lolly just texted me, said you're trolling. I'm not trolling, Dale. I, I think the Bengals are a pretty good team. Just thought the Ravens would win last night. I did. Bengals still a pretty good team, though. I think he says I'm trolling because I say that I think that the Steelers aren't that oh, good. Yeah. Here's the deal. Coming into the season, I thought they'd take a step back. So everybody who says I'm overreacting to week one, where the Steelers tied the Browns, didn't even lose to the Browns, I'm not, though. Because coming in, I thought the Steelers won so many close games last year that they were going to take a step back in that regard. If you play a bunch of close games, you're going to get closer to 500. They were 8-2 and two in one-score games last year. Uh, they're not a bad football team. Good teams win those games. So the Steelers will still be above 500, but closer to it, I thought. They're a good team. Still a team that could contend for the Super Bowl in the AFC, especially how weak the conference is, but... I looked at them as 10-6 and six or 11-5. and five. Now they tie a game I thought that they'd win. Of course I have to change my prediction. Of course I have to say that they're going to be a 10-5-1 type football team. And if they're 10-5-1, then I think the Bengals are in that conversation. I really do. Uh, if Cincinnati goes 9-7, and seven, then they're going to be in it till the end. It's going to be dicey down the stretch. You're going to think that the Bengals are really in this thing. I'm not saying they're going to win it. I'm saying that they could, and I'm saying that they're going to at least make you worry a little bit if you're a Steelers fan. I ain't trolling. I honest. That's the only thing I do. I hop on the air and I say what I think. If you don't like it, I get it. But the crown man only comes forth with the truth. The crown man only comes forth, I should, I guess, check myself a little bit. 
with the truth that he sees, <laughs> as I now refer to myself in the third person. Coming up next, we got Fat Jack from FatJackSports.com. 96% of gamblers on a yearly basis, they lose money in gambling. Be part of the 4% with FatJackSports.com. He'll join us to handicap this weekend's games. You're listening to The Crowley Show.